Hello everyone and welcome to this special presentation of the DC Hub Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. William D. Morgan, along with my co-host Andrew. Andrew, how you doing today? I'm good. Good man, good man. How's your week been? Been great. Alright. Just um getting ready for this um storm that we got coming through. I know. I know. And if it hits you, you know it's gonna hit me. <laughs> yeah. You know it's gonna hit me. Right <clears throat> now I'm under a tropical storm warning, so Okay. Okay. All right, you guys. You have a special guest with us this this evening. He works for BAMSmackPow.com. He's a contributor for DC Comics. Joshua Lepin Berton. How you doing today, my friend? Hey, um, staying dry. Um, I'm I, I'm in Florida. I don't know uh, where you guys are, but the storm is going to be just north of me because uh, I'm by Tampa. So I think I'm just going to miss it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I'm doing good. Excited to talk some DC TV. Excited that uh, the night we're recording this is uh, the night that Flash and Black Lightning come back. Yes, yes. We are so excited. <clears throat> Particularly me, because I am a huge Black Lightning fan. I, am a... I I think we're getting an echo on somebody's end. Is there an echo on your end? Hold on hmm. one second. Let me see. It's breaking up for me for some reason. It's breaking up for you. Hold on one second. Is that a little bit better? Uh, A B C D E F G. A B C D E F G. Uh, um... I'm not hearing any echoes anymore, so uh, I guess it is better. Okay, cool. Uh, cool, cool. Yeah. Real quickly, where are you guys? Um, like, uh, uh, just so I know, like, how close you are to the storm or me and stuff. We're both in Georgia. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not that that far from you. <laughs> well, stay safe. Uh, we will. Thank you, man. Thank you. We will. Yes. All right. You were a one of the luckiest men. I have ever known you went to New York Comic Con and you got to do a whole bunch of fun stuff. You got to see the Titans premiere. You got to go on a five minute Gotham visit. Uh, how was your New York Comic Con experience? This was um, a very surreal one. Um, I've been doing San Diego Comic Con since 2010. And um, every year I've been saying I'm going to do New York Comic Con, but it's just so soon after San Diego, because uh, San Diego's in July, and then New York is in October, so you have okay. to kind of, you know, plan, travel, and other stuff. Uh, so last year I finally bit the bullet and said, I'm going to start doing New York Comic Con, and it exceeded my expectations last year, so of course I was looking forward to this year. And this year, um, I was texting um, a friend of mine, uh, Donovan Grant. He works with me on uh, the BatmanUniverse.net. Okay. Uh, just that um, this was, yeah, which is another site that I contribute for as, as well. I'm, I'm all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find me creeping in all these .coms, .nets, uh, uh, <laughs> no .edus, but, you know, uh, you'll find me creep, creeping all over. <laughs> so uh, I, I texted him, this is probably one of my top three uh, convention experiences okay. Okay. because um, it, it it was really interesting and it was um, the first convention that I've uh, done since I've started uh, freelancing for DC Universe so that was a different experience as well and it kind of like uh, hit me you know while I was there um, and 
I was working for three t- last year when I was at New York Comic Con. I was only mm-hmm. doing stuff for the BatmanUniverse.net. Mm-hmm. This year, I was doing things for uh, mm-hmm. uh, Fan Sided, which hosts Bam Smack Pow, Batman Universe, and DC Universe. So it was three times the amount of assignments. So it was very tiring, but it was very rewarding and a lot of fun. And I love New York City. Um, it's a great and fun place to visit. Now, you were saying you would uh you have to do a lot of writing, a lot of covering. Sometimes you have to cover dual events. Um how stressful is that? Is it more of a because I know some of us with hobbies when it turns into a job, it becomes something completely different. Um but for you, how was that? Was it stressful? Was it more fun? What what was what was that experience like? It's it's fun and stressful at the same time. Um <laughs> Things are made easier by the fact that, like, uh, <laughs> if things aren't scheduled so close together, it can be easier for you. But, um, Sandy, like, to give you an example, um, you know, um, from before New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, usually um, Warner Brothers does all of their TV press rooms on Saturday mornings. Or is it Sunday morning? <laughs> I'm having a brain fart. It's Saturday mornings. <laughs> on Saturday mornings. So, and they usually hold it all kind of in the same room. So you'll go in at like 9 a.m. and you'll do Arrow. And then after Arrow's over, you know, uh, Supergirl will come in. It's a different order each year. And then Gotham sometimes, they weren't there this year and so on. And this year, instead of doing it that way, they had them like it happening in different rooms, sometimes at the same time. So it was really crazy so like this year um black lightning was going on at the same time as flash um so i did black lightning but when black lightning ended i like ran down the hall to like the other room to catch the last 10 minutes of flash (laughs) and i was able to still get like three or four interviews there and uh supergirl was happening at the same time as legends of tomorrow but legends of tomorrow was starting first so i did like Mm. the first three interviews of legends of tomorrow then i went ahead to supergirl to save spots for everybody okay uh who was you know who was who was at legends Mm. who was in my group so it just gets crazy so like this year at new york comic-con um the gotham press or the gotham panel was at madison square garden and it ended at noon and the Riverdale uh, press junket was at the Javits Center, which was, you know, about a 15... It, it depends on the crowd and the traffic, but it was about a 15, 20-minute walk away. Okay. That was at 1230. Okay. So, oh, hello? Yes, we're here. Okay, okay. I, th- I, thought, I, thought, you were, uh, um, I thought you were trying to say something, sorry. <laughs> so when Gotham got out, I ran as fast as I could to get to like Riverdale press on time. Um, and (laughs) that was just crazy. So with that stuff, it does get stressful, but you know, like that, that Saturday at the comic con I was mentioning, you know, where I did all those TV press rooms Mm -hmm. and this Riverdale thing, once it's all said and done and you get to relax, Mm -hmm. you do get this feeling of accomplishment. And if you're going to stress yourself out over something, it's better to stress yourself out over something that you love as opposed to, you know, something that you hate, like being an accountant or, you know, or math <laughs> problems or something. It's I'd rather be stressed about this than anything else. God, and, I hate math problems. <laughs> <laughs> me too. They're, they're still they're still the bane of me. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, but it's mm. the Comic-Cons still stress me out. And the most stressful part is actually 
making all of the arrangements because you got to get in touch with publicists to make sure that you're booked for certain things. Mm -hmm. And some publicists will answer you back. Others won't. Mm. And so that part always stresses me out the weeks before the con. Like, what if I don't get into this press room? What if they don't let me in? It's uh, (laughs) a, uh, but, but, but I, I still look forward to it every year and I already can't wait to do it again. I know how that is because when I go to anime weekend in Atlanta, I got to do it like four or five months in advance um, just to get a hotel room, get your parking straight, uh, get the time off from the job just to go for that weekend. As a fan, um, I've never done it as a, a member of the press or a contributor or anything like that. So, yeah, I know it's got to be tremendous, a tremendous amount of detail with you. Um, do you have to pay your own transportation to and from or is that something they pick up for you? So it depends on the outlet that you're covering for. Um, I do pay for my own transportation, but at the end of the year, I get to write it off tax-wise. There you go. Um, Some outlets will let you write it off as an expense. Okay. But you got to keep in mind, too, that, um, you know, when you write something off as an expense, there's only a certain amount of budget that they give to some of the freelancers. Right. So... You know, let's say I say, hey, I want $200 for this travel thing right there. That's 200 less dollars than I'll get later on in the year for different assignments. So I just prefer – okay, I was just checking to make sure that wasn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I just prefer to make sure I, – um, I prefer to just write it off as, you know, on my taxes at the end of the year. Gotcha. And, you know, and keep money in the freelance pool for me to do more assignments. There you go. And it's if you plan it right, it's not that expensive. You know, it's somewhat worth the money. I did the math um, earlier today, and it looks like while I was in New York, I looked, I spent less than two hundred dollars. Uh, that's not counting the plane tickets or anything, but just like being in the city and stuff, I spent less than two hundred dollars during the five days. Wow! And I'll make more than that from everything that I'm doing. Right. So you did you did very well. You did more than than break even. You did pretty good. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's the constant struggle in life to uh make a profit. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. You got a chance you sent some some photos our way. Uh you interviewed some of the Titans cast members. How was that experience? That was um awesome. Um so we interviewed the Titans cast. Um, I, I say we, you know, like, cause there was a press room of us. And the way that these press rooms work is um, there's a room in the back of the Javits center where, you know, uh, it's press only. And if okay. you, the, the publicist will um, tell you if you're approved or not to like go in for certain events, which is Titans. And they have round tables and photo lines. Photo lines is kind of like, um, a smaller version of red carpet where, you know, the cast will walk by and, you know, someone will ask them two or three questions on camera. Then they'll move on to the next one. I do the round tables, which they're kind of like speed dating. So there's five or six of us at a table and then um, there's an empty seat. And then somebody, you know, uh, one of the actors will sit in that empty seat and we'll get them for like five to seven minutes, ask them a series of questions. Okay. And when their time's up, they get up and, you know, like speed dating and we get the next cast member. Okay. Um, so that was the Titans experience. And that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I've only been covering the show for, you know, a little while because it's, it hasn't even officially launched it. So I still yep. have to like 
look at my notes to remember some of the actors' names, but uh, Ryan Porter, I believe, he plays Beast Boy. I, I, I want to look that up right now. Uh, is that right? Ryan, Ryan Potter. Ryan Potter. Okay, yeah, I, ju- I just Googled Ryan Porter, and that is a musician. He is not Beast Boy. Uh, <laughs> 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 yep, 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 yeah, I'm looking at the him right now. Yeah, this is him. Uh, Ryan Potter, he was... Um, he was fun. He was hilarious. Um, he invited me to be the sixth member of the Titans. Um, I need to find that <laughs> clip from the interview and I'll uh, post it in the group. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! And uh, for those who don't know, um, he was Hero um, in um, Big Hero Six. Yeah. Now that so, I uh, didn't know. Okay. Okay. Y- yeah. Yeah. So so when he got up, I said to him really quickly, "Big Hero Seven, and he said, "I hope so, man. I hope so. so <laughs> <laughs> now, and then I'm gonna go to Andrew real quick because I don't I don't want to be the only one speaking here. Uh, I told Andrew and a lot of the other people from the group, Raven is my favorite Teen Titan of all time. She's my favorite. You know, I, I'm down with Raven. Um, did you get a chance to talk to the actress that played her? Oh yeah, and she looks like the exact opposite of her character she was um and she's like uh, if you see the show um <laughs> oh i will she's yeah <laughs> oh, <I> yeah <laughs> like if i'm trying to figure out how to how to describe it okay tegan croft that that's her name i'm looking at my yeah. little list um <laughs> she <laughs> she was another one it's like almost all the titans like invited me to like join the team because she said um i answered one of the questions for her that she was trying to articulate about how like we talked about how Beast Boy, when she when Raven's around Beast Boy, it allows her to kind of get some of her youth back because she kind of got her childhood stolen from her. Right. And with Beast Boy, she gets to like, you know, kind of like be a kid and stuff. And I was talking to her about that. She says, you know, I think you understand it better than I do. I'm just going to have you answer all my questions from now on. <laughs> but uh, she was, you know, just a little sweet little girl. And um, when you see the show, you'll see how like that is the exact opposite of the character that she plays because... Holy heck! The the Raven from the Titan show. She is someone that you do not want to cross. Yes. She is. Yes. She is scary. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and I've always been a big fan ever since the comic. Was a little upset that we didn't get her in the Young Justice cartoon. I was a little upset about that, uh, but we did get her in Teen Titans Go. And of course, we got her in Original Titans. So hopefully, in the live action she will be portrayed very well now i'm assuming you've seen pretty much all the dc shows up to this point um i've seen all of um arrow all of flash Mm -hmm. all of black lightning all of supergirl all of gotham um i've only seen the first episode of krypton okay and uh more than me Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to get back to Krypton, but there's like, you know, so many shows. Um, I haven't seen the old Constantine that was on NBC, mm. but like I've seen some of the animated ones and I went to a premiere for the animated movie. This is dark? There's so much DC out there, which is good because yeah. when I was um, a yeah. kid in the 1990s, this was like, you did not get that much DC on like TV or in movies. You had yeah. like a movie about Steel. 
and like it was nothing like the comic but you like you felt like you had to support it because it was a dc comics books movie yep. and you knew yep. that it sucked but you like <laughs> you know you watched it anyway because <laughs> it, it, it's like rooting for your home team when they're losing did, did you get it did you watch that first supergirl movie you know i saw it for the first time over the summer because i was going to um a press junket at san diego comic-con and oh my god that was that was a movie all right um it's oh my and it and then when i got to the hotel um there's another journalist who i usually um we usually share a hotel um uh, I mentioned Donovan Grant earlier from Batman Universe. Him and I usually share a hotel room when we do San Diego together. Okay. And I said, Donovan, I watched this Supergirl movie on the plane. You have to watch this. <laughs> and, like, right now. And and he says, I'll watch the first scene before we go get lunch. And after, like, the first, like, ten minutes, he says, we got to keep going. Because at this point, either the movie wins or I win. And we were like, <sighs> So there's the Omega Hadron, which, yep. like... Yep. If she doesn't get it back, everyone on her planet's going to die yeah. in, like, a matter of days. So this is a time-sensitive mission. She goes to Earth, and instead of looking for the thing, she's, like, going to school, yep. Yep. going to, like, you know, <laughs> get French fries with Lucy Lane, having romances. It's like, girl, your parents are suffocating. Look for the thing. And um, I asked Helen Slater, who played Supergirl, about that a few days later at the press junket, and she says, I know. What was up with the writers? God. <laughs> So I was glad she agreed with me. <laughs> oh wow, <clears throat> man! I'm telling you, you have just a, a, a dream job. I, I've only done your anything close to your job once. I used to be a contributor to DolphZiggler.com or Ziggler.com rather um, about pro wrestling, and yeah, that was you know having to have articles turned in on time, opinion pieces turned in on time. I feel you there for a little bit. But in terms of going out in the media and meeting these actors and actresses, uh, you are like the luckiest dude in the world. Do they pretty much do they accept you pretty well? Um. Well, uh, for first, one thing I'll I will address: while it is a dream job, it is not a dream paycheck. Um, <laughs> if I took all the money that I made from this this year, oh, I probably would not be able like this probably accounts for you know 30 percent of my income um i have to you know still have my day job which is actually a night job okay. to kind of you know pay the bills it's uh it, it's not real lucrative unless you're working for like something like entertainment weekly or whatever like that but it's fun okay. and to, to even get like a dollar for doing this is is its own reward you know because it's Better than getting zero cents. So uh, when you say, do they accept you pretty well? Um, can can you elaborate on the question? Like, but, like who who's who's they? Because, um, because I know in the sports world, which is where I pretty much am, the meet some media members are are accepted well. Some aren't. You might have someone, and I'll just do an example: a Nick Wright, mm -hmm. who may be accepted um, by a certain group of fans, maybe the LeBron James fans. But because he's so down on Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant fans might just completely stay away from him. Um, and he also catches a lot of flack for being pro-LeBron and less Kobe. Um, so when an actor or actress sees you and they read their work or whatnot, read your work, um, I've read a few of your articles, do they sort of kind of 
getting it to you with you about your opinions, your thought process? How how well do they accept you on that front, professionally? Right. So um, years ago, um, I'm not going to name the website because it's um, you know I don't want to uh, create drama or whatever. But I was on a Spider-Man website years ago where um, the editor had a very combative relationship with uh, Marvel Comics sometimes. that Maybe that's not the right word to say, combative, but like he had um, a relationship with Marvel Comics that wasn't the best. Okay. And sometimes it was Marvel's fault, sometimes it was. So when I was... Um, um, okay, I just read Andrew's message. Yeah. So, mm. so sometimes I would... Um, if I, w- if I was representing that site, mm. I would get kind of grief, but... Okay. Other times, the thing is, because we're not, you know, a big name like the Washington Post or, you know, Entertainment Weekly, mm. we're, I don't want to say beneath the notice of some of these people, right. but um, there are so many fan sites and so many, you know, publications out there mm. that it, it's hard for some of the actors to, you know, notice, you right. know, the the individual people. And sorry for these background noises. My computer is just lighting up with notification, notification, notification. No, no problem, man. Be, no no be problem quiet. at all. No, no problem. problem at all. Do you, man? Be, be quiet, computer. <laughs> so um, the publicists, those are the people that you want to notice you and okay. you want them to notice you for good reasons because they're the ones that give you access. Okay. They're the ones that, you know um, – help you know help help you out and you know we'll throw you solids every now and then okay so i'd like to think that the publicist noticed me in a good way (laughs) now a lot of my relationship with these publicists is me asking them for things like hey can you confirm or deny this information or this rumor or hey there's this event going on can i get you know um a press pass for it and will the talent be able to interview so but my goal is for them to not be annoyed with me, gotcha. but because I'm blowing up their inboxes, I think sometimes <laughs> I am. But, you know, it's one of those things where you don't you don't get anything unless you ask for it. And that's exactly. one thing I've learned about press is that um, you got to, you know, go out and ask for stuff. Now, the stars themselves, mm-hmm. some of them will remember me, and okay. that always surprises me. Okay. Um, I don't think that they remember me by name sometimes, but... Uh, uh, some of the comic writers have met me enough times that they kind of know me. Okay. The the Gotham cast um, has they. I don't think that the Gotham cast specifically knows my name, mm-hmm. but they know what I look like. When they see me, they they remember me, right. and they usually smile and they don't run away. So I think I, <laughs> that's I, always a good thing. <laughs> I, I I think it's good memories. Um, so like. <laughs> When Cameron B. Condova sat down to talk to me, you know, at the Gotham Press thing, she looked at me and she's like, oh, hey, weren't you, you know, coming by on Friday? Didn't I see you Friday when we were shooting? And I said, yep, that, that was me. And um, uh, Davi Mazows and Sean Partwee, who play Alfred and Bruce Wayne, I had just interviewed them at in Tampa like two weeks before and they they remembered me. And it's okay. Davi Mazows, I'm always surprised that he does remember me because... <laughs> He only sees me once or twice a year, sometimes maybe three times a year, but mm-hmm. it's not in depth. And right. I'm only one journalist as opposed to like the 300 that he probably talks to throughout the year. Right. So <laughs> hopefully it's something good that makes him remember me and not something bad like, oh, this guy again. I better uh, see <laughs> It's him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, I'm going to let you go ahead and ask away, my friend. 
Okay, um, what's it like being a freelancer for DC Universe? So that is absolutely awesome because, it, and it's still something that's kind of hitting me. Um, and I, I do have to, you know, um, make sure that I differentiate so I don't get in trouble with DC. Um, <laughs> I am a freelancer for them. I am an independent contractor. I'm not like, you know, a full-fledged, um, like, you know, Warner Brothers payroll DC employee. Um, I am paid, but it's uh, a freelancer independent contract situation. And right. for legal purposes, I must say, the opinions, you know, expressed... Um, <laughs> <laughs> by myself on various places are my own and do not re represent DC Comics or DC Universe <laughs> or DC Entertainment. But it's when it happened, I, I made a post on Facebook about how, like, you know, this is one of the, even though this isn't the highest paying thing that's ever happened to me, even though it's not going to change my Monday through Friday day to day life. Right. It's one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me ever, like in the top five. Um, and even though all it amounts to is writing some articles, it's writing articles for the DC Universe website. Uh -huh. Like, when I was 11 years old, I never would have dreamed of that. So, and <laughs> while I was at the Titans premiere, um, I was sitting, I was sitting uh, next to one of the other, uh, one of the guys that manages, you know, uh, the website. And when I introduced myself and I told him that I wrote the Norm Brayfogle piece, he said, oh, you're one of our writers. And when he said R, I was like, whoa, <laughs> R, I was like, that's really weird to hear out loud. But I guess it's true. You're and like, it's kind of awesome. Were you, like, had in, to like, were you like inside going, yes. <laughs> heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, like when I first got the email that – um that this was something that was going to be happening. I was sitting down um, at a table waiting to pick up, up an order because for extra money, sometimes I do um, Postmates. Okay. And I was waiting for like a Postmates order. And like I got the email and I grabbed the table and I like squeezed it and like shook it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to say anything for weeks because um, I wanted to, you know, you don't want to make an announcement and then right. uh, it turns out it's not true. So until, like, I knew for sure that this was something that was happening. Uh, but it's cool. Um, I, there's um, um, the, the guy who I work under um, is the content editor for uh, for DC Universe, and he's a really cool guy. Awesome. Um, I, I meet him at the conventions and, uh, awesome. you know, he gives great advice and stuff. And, yeah, like... I, I don't have, like, the secret kingdom to, like, uh, the secret key to, like, all of DC's vaults and secrets. I don't have, like, uh, all of the company memos and stuff like that. But neither do a lot of the writers. I was very surprised when I spoke to the Batgirl writers um, a few years ago at San Diego. They didn't know what was going on with, like, the big DC crossover. So mm. it's not, like, just because you're in DC, you know everything that DC's doing. Right. And I'm, yeah. like very 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 lower tier like when there was that rumor about that Batgirl DC Universe show a few weeks ago mm -hmm. um, I emailed mm -hmm. my other I'm like is this true <laughs> and um, FYI it, it, it's not true that was just uh, the guy who reported it um, mm -hmm. uh, the less said about that guy the, the better but uh, uh, he know, was man. yeah oh <laughs> yeah we got stories that we'll probably share um, off recording so we don't <laughs> yeah. get in trouble <laughs> But yeah, it's um, that was definitely false. But again, so it's I don't want to give the impression that I know all the secrets or all the 
insight going on, but it's still cool. It's you're working for, and I know this is a very, very long answer for a very, very short question, but you're working for DC, man. Yep. 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 Exactly. Exactly. What else you got, Andrew? Um, do you, do you have any spoiler-free thoughts on the um, first two episodes of Titans that you can talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I knew that this was going to be more adult. I knew that this was going to be more violent. You hmm. you need to go in. It, it, it was a lot more adult and violent than I had initially thought it would be. So, when you go in with your expectations... Expect some really, really, really dark and violent stuff, because mm. holy heck, it's um, it's <laughs> it's crazy. I'm trying to think of uh, something to compare it to, but uh, Deadpool. Is it Deadpool or, level or, or the um, original DC um the, the um DCEU movies and all that? It, I. It's just about as violent, if not more violent, than the DCEU movies. I think Deadpool has had some more violent stuff, um, if I had to think about it. But there's some... um, I mean, I I can tell you guys this right now, because this is already out there. There is um, two near castrations in the the second episode. No, no, no! (laughs) No! Now, uh, uh, two near castrations, like, they're not completed, but they almost happen. And then Robin takes, like, uh, Robin stabs a guy in the balls as well, so. No! So, uh, you know, just set your expectations, you know, and and get ready for that. Like, this is, what I feel bad for is, I hope that parents like are paying attention like right like mommy i want to watch teen titans go and they like you know no. type in titans <laughs> and they like accidentally put this on then go to like start dinner like <laughs> not realizing what their kids are watching like this is the weirdest episode of teen titans go ever like <laughs> i feel you on that I, and, the thing, and i'm glad you brought that up because you still like have to kind of like watch after it with your kids i have two nine-year-olds and I'm a big anime fan, and they want to get anime too, but I don't, I don't let them watch everything. I, I'll let you get to the Dragon Ball Z level, and that's it. So I, I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Oh, my goodness. Um, for a nine-year-old, it would depend upon the nine-year-old. I mean, I would say that that's a parent-by-parent basis, um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would not show it to a five-year-old. Oh, no. um, I know a guy that... I know a guy that that shows his kids everything, oh like, and I mean, like, uh, he he doesn't think anything's too inappropriate for them because he has like a very open parenting like philosophy, like, you know, let his kids watch what they want. But right. there's some things I don't gotta, know. There's some things you gotta put a limit on. <laughs> oh my goodness! What else? So, you got, uh, what else you got, Andrew? Um, what are your favorite comic storylines? Uh, you know, um. I know this is a DC um, podcast, but I got to say, you know, my entry level into comics, my very, very, like, you know, first uh, big fandom and still one of my favorites is Spider-Man. There you go. You you know, say what? That's it. There you go. I I like Spider-Man myself. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's um, still one of my favorite characters. Um, In terms of DC storylines, I love the No Man's Land storyline in Batman. 
you know, yeah. and I loved it because it it ran for a full year yeah. in every yeah. single title. And um, I'm excited that Gotham's doing it for its fifth season. I really wish that they had a full season to play with it, though, yeah. and not um, yeah. a, and not a truncated season. That's a sore spot. But um, I love that. And um, the Wolfman and Perez um, run of Teen Titans, that was yeah. one of the first comics I ever read. So that, like, fate, you know, made my foundation of these characters. Because when I was little and collecting comics, I was, like, 11. My mom took me to a garage sale, and I got a long box of comics, and there was so much Wolfman and Perez in there. And this was in the 90s the wolfman and perez run had been over for a while by then so these comics were old when i was reading them but they were like they were so good and it was like you know it was like when i was a kid and i was watching stuff like power rangers it was like teen titans was like the next step from that right because it was like you know a team story with like you know long-running subplots and stuff but it was more mature than like Power Rangers, so it was like good. Like I graduated from that to that, and uh, which is one reason why Titans is just so special to me. Um, and after the Titans premiere was over, if you're friends with me on my personal Facebook, which you know, if you want to friend me, um, I'm, it's Joshua Laffin Bertoni. Um, um, just you know, if I don't have any mutuals with you, um, if someone who's listening to the show, just e- just send me a PM letting me know that you heard me on this because otherwise uh i'm careful who i accept but anyway um if you're friends with me on facebook you'll see that when the premiere was over they were taking down some of the decorations and one of them was this huge titans banner and i asked them what they were going to do with it and they said oh we're throwing this out unless you want to keep it and i said heck yeah so i rolled it up put it in my backpack and now it's hanging up over my front door (laughs) yeah 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 that freebie boy that's what i'm talking about (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah because it's you know like there's the whole well i'm a professional journalist covering this no i'm i am a freaking fan you know like this is, this is my stuff like i don't care how it looks i don't care like how i like come off it's like you you gotta love this stuff you know fan uh <laughs> fan first exactly fan first exactly I don't, I don't even think I, – I think I went like six miles away from whatever your original question was, which was, oh, yeah, favorite comic storylines, favorite comic storylines. Um, That's fine, man. Be you, man. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing about when you get me on a show. Um, when I go from point A, I, want, I don't even wind up at like point B or C. I wind up on like point like orange. I'm like <laughs> – I, I just go in like a whole different direction. It's uh, – <laughs> Oh my goodness. It, 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 it drives people crazy. Um, DC storylines. I loved Peter David's Supergirl book in the 90s. Ooh, yes, sir. I, I reread that every few years. Anything by Peter David, um, really. Peter David is one of the greatest. Peter David and Todd Knox's um, Young Justice book from the late 90s, early 1000s, which. Um, if if there's a kid in your life who you're trying to get into the DC universe, um, Young Justice is the way to go. Um, yeah. My my friend's kid, um, he was going through like a difficult period where there was like um, uh, a move and a custody battle and like a, the family getting split apart. Like it was just horrible stuff. And we spent every single day reading like multiple issues of Young Justice, and that okay. was like just one of the bright spots, you know, like through all that and that you know help foster his love of the dc universe because he got into dc stuff through um 
the Arrow shows and everything, but he wanted to read the comics. So we started with Young Justice, and now Young Justice is coming back on both TV and comics. uh, It shouldn't have have disappeared in the first place. I understand that. I understand, from what I understand, the cartoon got canceled because the toy line wasn't doing so so well. And that's how it makes its revenue. But I always thought with the, with the way it ended, the way season two ended, with Vandal Savage and Dark Side meeting up, uh, how, how are you going to end mm-hmm. like that? How? <laughs> they, they were screwed by a lot of executive decisions. And um, that, that, that same kid I'm talking about, too, who read Young Justice with me, like, it was like 2016. He was like saying to me, when are they going to put season three of Young Justice on Netflix? I've been waiting for a while. And I had to like tell him that the show's been canceled for years, which oh, is yeah. like oh, one of yeah. the saddest things ever. It's like, uh, about that. <laughs> one of the things I didn't understand, one of the decisions, they wanted to make Blue Beetle the star. You guys remember that? And, yeah. I, and I never understood why you picked Blue Beetle. Yeah. I never got that. It had a whole storyline near the end with like all these different colored beetles, and I was like, "Seriously, are you trying to make him into like some type of Green Lantern type character now?" So they had the red, they had the green beetle, they had the red beetle, they had the blue beetle. What's yep. next? The pink beetle. <laughs> Power and of I, love. I have not read a lot of the Blue Beetle comics, so like I don't because um, there's areas of the DC universe that like. I don't want to say I don't go near, but it's just such a big universe. Like, even though I've been reading it since I was 11, it's, uh, there's just books that I never had time for. And Blue Beetles, one of them that I've only seen now and again. So I don't know how close that is with the comics, the whole different colored beetle things. Um, I do know that Greg Wiseman, the guy that, um, is the showrunner for Young Justice, he tries not to create any original characters because he, he likes basically mining from the comic canon. Right. Like when he did Spectacular Spider-Man, he made sure that every single background character, even if they had no lines, mm-hmm. they were someone that was like from the comics, no matter how obscure, which was cool. So I would imagine that possibly um, these different colored beetles exist in the comics, but uh, I can't, you know, I, I can't bet money on that confidently. Right. <clears throat> Now I want to I want to ask you uh, your overall thoughts on the DC Universe app because to us as a whole it seems to be very groundbreaking with everything that is contained within and it's only going to get better. But what are your thoughts on the DC Universe app? So, <laughs> as someone who's a freelancer for it, um, I could really only say the positive things because. <laughs> If I say the things that I think that they could do better, then that might uh, <laughs> that might be kind of bad form for me. But I'll tell you what I like about it is mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff on there. You know, I talked about how I've never checked out different stuff of the DC Universe. I was just on there one night with my friend and we mm-hmm. decided, hey, let's watch some of these DC Nation shorts um, because... Mm-hmm. We were doing um, an audio commentary for Batman the Animated Series, um, and when we were done with that, we are like, yeah, let's check out these DC Nation shorts. And we were laughing, because they yeah. were, like, hysterical. I'm like, oh, man, I should have watched these a long time ago. Like, the vibe one is just <laughs> freaking bananas. And when we got to the Captain Marvel uh, Shazam ones, like... 
We're like, wait, what's with this talking tiger? So like, so we Googled talkie Tawny and like found out like, wait, what? Which made us like hunt down his first appearance and like read it over the phone to each other. We're like, this is bananas. So that that's one thing I like about the DC Universe service is that um, it helps you. I, I talked about how since I'm I've been 11, I've been a DC reader, but there's parts of the universe I haven't explored. With this app, you wind up exploring different parts of the DC universe, sure you know. Do. Um sure do. it's it's like, oh, I want to find out about this character. So you go to the comics library and you read about it. Um and there's there's shows on there like, you know, Lois and Clark, um yep. the old human target show and uh I, I I like that. Um I would love it if there was a lot more on there. Right. But I think that um that is coming. Um yeah. And I mean, I, I I've seen lists of some of the comics that like they're going to be releasing on there over the next few months, yeah. which is cool. I love that they're doing original content, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, and a Young Justice prequel comic to like the third season. It's um, <laughs> you know, Marvel. For years, people have been saying that DC should do something similar to the Marvel Unlimited app, <laughs> and I think that this is better than the Marvel Unlimited app because the Marvel Unlimited app that's cool. Yeah. You got comics, but it's like DC's like, yeah, that's cool. We got comics too. We also have TV shows yep. and like yep. original like and original shows and original comics and creator interviews and our own DC Daily Show yep. and uh, there is a lot of content on there and. And as someone who's a Marvel fan as well, because, you know, it's I'm not one of those people who thinks it's one or the other. Like, I'm also a Marvel fan. Right. I hope that this causes Marvel to, you know, step up, step their, up game. Their, their game, too, yeah. and do something similar to this, yep. which would just be awesome. Um, I think DC is or Disney's doing their own streaming service, though. So yeah. Yeah, they are. so they, they so I don't I don't think uh, Marvel will do their own standalone one. But See, that makes me yeah. mad. That makes me mad because now I love I love Avengers Assemble. And now I have to go, or will have to go to that to be able to continue to watch the series. And my issue is all these streaming services at some point cost money, so you kind of, yeah. so you sort of kind of have to make a decision on what what you're gonna watch and what you're not gonna watch. Now the one good thing, DC Universe is about a year, so that's the one good thing you pay you can pay for it about a year. But for the most part, everything's about a month. Yeah. And the way I look at it too, with the whole like monthly, you know, because um, usually with these things, I do I go by the month. So with DC Universe, um, I think it's like what seven dollars a month? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, seven dollars a month. So like, you got to look at like how much would you be spending for a normal comic? You know, like which is anywhere from three ninety nine or whatever. Right. So for the less than the price of two comics, you know, you get all of these comics and TV shows for a month. Right. Um, now, I understand not everyone has that budget, so, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's so easy, it's only $7, because for yeah. some people, you know, $7 is, um, you know, hard to get if you're if you're on a budget, but, uh, so, yeah, it is, it is hard out there with a lot of the streaming services, but I would say the benefit to this is don't look at it as just the streaming mm-hmm. service, you know, look at it as, um, you know, a comic service as well, because there's lots of other comics, and just the the different advantages that there are on there and um i i'm i'm hoping and i'm thinking that it's only going to grow from here yeah you you mm-hmm. and you also brought up marvel and i want to ask you do you, 
DC has some of the best animated movies I have ever seen. Um, and I'm a fanboy when it comes to most of them. Do you think Marvel will ever catch up to DC's animated movie success? They're animated. See, the thing is, they each have different strengths. Um, I think that Warner Brothers animation is has a very, very good and strong team. You know, because, uh, like, I went to the premiere for the Constantine movie. Mm-hmm. That was, like, really, really, really intense. Uh, that was during New York Comic Con. Like, that was a very well-put-together feature. And Marvel's animation department, mm-hmm. you know, they, they do some good stuff, but they don't have, like... If you look at the history of Warner Brothers animation, you know, and the people behind it, that's that that's where the strength comes from. Now, Marvel is owned by Disney, and Disney obviously has a great animation department. Yes. Um, but, you know, these Marvel animated films are not done by Disney per se. But the stuff that Disney has done for Marvel, like Big Hero 6, mm-hmm. that's been like... Big Hero 6 was awesome. Like, you know... Uh, so can Marvel catch up if they have the right talent? But the thing, too, is um, I think that Marvel is doing better with their live-action movies yes. than DC is. Yes. DC is yes. still kind of, like, finding its way. Yes. But then on the other hand, too, DC's live-action TV shows are, um, you know, not doing... Or, mm. or, 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 excuse me. DC's live-action TV shows are outperforming Marvel's live-action TV shows, you yep. know? Yep. We have... We talked about at the beginning of the show, like, we got Krypton, we got Gotham, we got mm-hmm. Supergirl, we got Batwoman coming up, you know, next year, we got Arrow, we got Flash. Whereas Marvel's TV shows, they've been struggling. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, I guess... I, I guess it's still going on, and the people who watch it are enjoying it, but... It's not the groundbreaking show that they wanted it to be, maybe. Um, I liked Agent Carter, but uh, it's not around anymore. So so even though Marvel has not caught up to DC in terms of some things, they've... They're outperforming them in movies, but DC's outperforming them in TV. Each of them have their strengths and weaknesses. And maybe in 30 years, one of them will buy out the other, because that's the way that this world is going. You keep on seeing Disney gobble these people up. Sure is. You're right about that. Andrew, do you have anything else you want to ask? Um, what are your favorite DC TV shows that are out right now? Ooh, this is, there's so many. Um, I have a big emotional attachment to Gotham because um, I've been covering Gotham on the BatmanUniverse.net since uh, before the show premiered. And um, throughout my coverage of the show, like I've interviewed the cast dozens of times. Like during season four, I interviewed the cast on five separate occasions, and that was just season four. Like wow. each season, I've gone to talk to them a few times. I've traveled you know to like different parts of the united states to see them so i really feel like i've been following that show closely so even when the show is not at its best even when it's being you know any and even when the writing and the acting on the other shows is sometimes better gotham is still the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart which made this uh press room at new york comic-con like very emotional like robin lord taylor who plays penguin he was like tearing up during our interview talking about how it was the end and and he got me a little emotional as well and like he kind of like touched my arm afterwards you know like to like kind of like share the mutual like i know this is you know like <laughs> this is hard and as hard as it is for me it's probably like 30 million times as hard for them so 
Gotham is um, probably the number one for me at the moment. Um, and it's... <laughs> It's really hard for me to process that it's ending. But when it was announced, I told myself, well, at least I have a year to get used to that, that fact. Right. Um, my other favorite ones, I love Black Lightning. Yes, sir. Black Lightning. My dude. Yeah. My dude. <laughs> Black, Light- Black Lightning is so good. Yeah, it is. Um, are you guys um friends with me on my personal Facebook? I, I know one of you yes. is, I think. I am. So, yeah, so if you go to my... um pictures my photos and you and you go to albums if you click on dc and dc 2018 you'll see um i went to the black lightning um premiere party which was like really awesome and like different people from the dc like shows were all there and you know there was um it, it was a nice formal event and we got to like talk to the cast and what i love about black lightning is um it's different from the other shows like he's not fighting you know these monsters from other dimensions or whatever which there's nothing wrong with that you know that's great for shows like the flash and everything um this is he's fighting more like you know human menaces and like trying to fix the corruption in our streets and jefferson pierce he is like a hero there's an episode um in season one where like uh he stops what he's doing his like black lightning mission to like mentor this like i don't know the kid was like nine or ten like on like on like a sunday morning to, like, make sure that, like, he has a positive male role model in his life. And it's like, we need more men like Jefferson Pierce. And his exactly. students respect exactly. him. When he got arrested, he, like, told his students to stand down and they listened to him. Like, he is – Jefferson Pierce is the freaking man. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I talked about publicists and stuff in the past. Like, Black Lightning has one of my favorite publicists. Um <laughs> Who's just absolutely awesome. So, like, that helps, too. Those people are all so uh, genuine. So I love Black Lightning. Um, I love almost all of the shows. It took me um, about a season to get into Legends of Tomorrow. Because once you get into season two, and I decide, you know what? We're just, screw it. We're going to be a comedy. That show becomes, ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That show becomes awesome. Like, (laughs) like. Oh, I, I I love. Um, I don't think there's a single one of them that I really hate. Like Krypton, I've only seen one episode of, so I'm not that into yet. But like, I've heard good things about it, so I do want to get back to it. And okay. uh, uh, let's see, there's Krypton. There's, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if there's a single one that I hate, but I love Flash. Um, I love Arrow now that I've gone back and I've seen like the whole thing. Like, I'm really excited mm-hmm. for Arrow to come back. It's uh, I I'd say that Supergirl is probably the weakest one for me right now, but I still love Supergirl. Um, I just I wish that they weren't at the DEO as much. Yeah. I wish that they spent more time at Catco yeah. because you know, give her more of a personal life. Um, I'm sad that Win is gone. I but miss Cat Grant. But, see, yeah. me, but but me and you are thinking different things. It sounds like when we did our initial episode one. I said the one thing I hated about Supergirl was her relationship with Monel because I always thought that this is about you and your story becoming more of a hero, becoming more a Supergirl. And when the whole Monel comes into play, to me, it took away from the storyline of it, um, introducing that drama aspect. And, out, and, pe- and people are forgetting this is a superhero show. 
Yeah. I am glad that Monel is off for this show. I did not like him. Um, yes. and, and, he, and he was on for like two years. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I, I, I was not into that storyline at all. Like, and I've never even liked Monel in the comics. He's nope. just always, like, seemed dull. Like, I've always said that there's areas of the DC universe that I never explored. Legion of Superheroes is one that, like, like they're kind of like the X-Men and that like their history is so complicated and confusing. And like yeah. even, uh. even just the name Mon L like, like it, it like screams dull to me. Like <laughs> I've, I, I, I've never, I've never liked him. So once he was on the show, I was like, Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't care for him either. Um, yeah. Andrew, we got six minutes. Is there anything else you want to ask before we start wrapping this up? Um, I got maybe one more question. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your favorite comics to read or reread on DC Universe? Um, you know, I've I've decided because <laughs> this, this is really really dorky of me. Like, I mm-hmm. own these Wolfman Perez comics on Comicsology. Okay, and I okay, own, and I own this, and I own the trade. But I'm rereading them like on DC Universe because. Um, they're to kind of like, you know, get myself psyched for Titans and to kind of like, you know, experience the DC Comics reader thing that they have. And they're kind of re-releasing these Wolfman Perez stuff um, in little spurts, like like they would with a Netflix show or something where they're yeah. doing like a certain amount of issues a week. So I kind of want to experience that. So even though I've read them before and even though I have other platforms that I could read them on, I am absolutely reading them again. Um yeah. And I've I've actually tried to read some new stuff that I've never read before on the service. Um, like I'm, I'm I'm going on to it right now and going on to my DC to see like what were the last few things I read. Um, I reread a random issue of Starfire this morning. You know okay. that um, I had read when it came out, but I saw it was advertised on the service. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that issue. I want to read that one again. And it's the one where she teams up with uh, Dick Grayson and she finds out that he's not dead because. There was a storyline going on at the time where Dick Grayson faked his death to the DC Universe. Yeah. Um, and he was operating as a secret agent. Um, I didn't really care for the Grayson book so much, but it was written by one of my favorite uh, comic writers, Tom mm-hmm. King, who's absolutely awesome. Um, I was reading the Danny O'Neill Wonder Woman run where like, she loses her powers and becomes a mod. Because I'd never read that before, and I was curious about it. So I'm flipping through my stuff. Um, I was reading some of the old Silver Age Teen Titans from before Wolfman and Perez came around, and they are hard to uh, sit through. It. There's a reason why Titans was never really that successful until uh, the 80s. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, like... <laughs> and if you read like the later stuff, it's really weird. Like, Bumblebee's origin... For those who like don't know, she was just like the girlfriend of Mal Duncan, who was hanging around Titans headquarters helping them. And she was mad that the Titans weren't taking Mal Duncan seriously. So she gets this Bumblebee costume and like attacks the Titans so that her boyfriend can like save the day and look good and like the Titans will respect him. And that, that that's pretty much her origin. And then, you know, back then oh, it was so easy to become a Titan. Robin's like, oh, OK, you, you can be a Titan, too. Um <laughs> You know, once Terra betrayed them in the 80s, they got a little more stricter with, like, who they let in. But back yeah. then, like, yeah, just 
show up in a costume and pretend to attack us. You can join the team. I'm trying to think um, of I'm trying to think of somebody who hasn't been a Titan. Good luck. <laughs> good luck with that one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um two questions for me, and we'll let you get out of here. Um and if you don't want to answer, feel free. Sarah Lance and Batwoman romance. Ooh. Do you think we may see that? <laughs> it's this is funny because um I, I don't actually think that we'll see it, but I wrote an article about it that blew up uh, all over the place because um, <laughs> um, I was at the Legends of Tomorrow press room, and I wasn't the one that asked the question, but someone who was sitting at the table with me asked the question, and uh, Katie Lotes said, you know, Sarah and Batwoman, maybe it, it would work, you know, like, she, she, she said that she didn't think it would happen, but that, like, you know, maybe it would be interesting, so... Um, when I'm writing for Fansighted or Bam Smack Pow, you take basically what the most interesting thing about the article is and you put it in the headline. And everyone's all about Batwoman right now. So mm-hmm. the headline for that thing was like Katie Lode says, maybe, you know, that would work. Um, and if you read the article, like I make it clear that she says that even though the answer is maybe, mm-hmm. it's probably, um, you know, not going to happen. And like she talks about, you know her relationship with Ava and stuff like that. Uh, so then th- that's all in there. Like, you know, I, I, I made sure that the full context was there, that no one's misled, but that, that article was one of the biggest ones I ever wrote that got like covered by comicbook.com. I think comic book wow. resources and a bunch of others. Do I actually think it's going to have probably not? Cause number one, the legends are not in the crossover this year. Right. And, um, yeah, I think that it would be better to, um, um, Devin Grayson, she's she's um she's a she used to write Nightwing, and um, she was one of the people that was involved like in the early process of creating Batwoman. Mm. She didn't create this version of Batwoman, but she was she was going to write her series originally, okay. but then um, the, that book got canceled. And she said that she didn't like the idea, and this stuck with me. Hold on, this is okay. I was just making sure that that wasn't work trying to call. Okay. She said that she did that that there's not a lot of lesbian characters in the DC universe and it doesn't make sense to start pairing them up with each other right. because it's like, you know, unoriginal and cliched and she didn't like the idea of pairing, you know, uh Kate Kane up with like all of these other characters who already existed as opposed to original characters. And and I could see the logic of that just because two characters are lesbian doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily get together. Um Mix. yeah. So I would prefer Sarah to be, or Sarah, um, well, Sarah too, but I prefer Kate to be with either someone original or um, if you can get the actress that played um, uh, Maggie Sawyer from Supergirl on, that would be interesting um, because Maggie and uh, Kate were together in the comics or uh, Renee Montoya. You can even get the actress from Gotham because they kind of threw her out after season one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though it's not the same continuity, use the same actress. Give her another chance to play Renee. Right. I like Sarah and Ava together. I liked Sarah and Oliver. I got to be honest, truth be told. But <laughs> you know, oh, Oliver's too. married now. We don't need to have him. Yeah. You know, yeah. going back to that well. I don't <laughs> want him cheating on his wife. Right. Be terrible. <laughs> uh, I did discover that, like, holy cow! Before you get on the internet, you don't realize how many people hate Felicity. Like. Like really? Wow! Yeah. Like, I had no idea. Uh, um, but yeah, so Sarah, you know, keep her with Ava or with other, you know, 
people, you know, through time travel adventures. That's uh, that's kind of fun. Oh, and last question for me: Did you see the Aquaman trailer? <laughs> I actually have not yet because uh, the the funny thing is when you're covering like all this stuff at these press events or whatever sometimes you're running back and forth preparing for interviews doing things you don't always get time to like sit down and watch the trailers um i did not know about the young justice comic until you know and again this is one of the things i tell you about even though you you freelance for dc universe it doesn't necessarily mean that you know everything that's going on um i was getting on the train from you know my place in new york to go to my aunt's house and i was looking at my phone and i saw people on twitter hooray young justice comic i was like wait what so <laughs> it's usually after a convention there's like a catch up period so no i haven't seen the new aquaman trailer i saw the one from a few months ago mm-hmm. um i'm getting more excited for aquaman as it gets closer he's never been my favorite character mm-hmm. um he's never even been in my top like 30 but <sighs> it's a freaking dc universe movie you know like it's <laughs> I, yeah. I would be excited if they did a DC Universe movie about, uh, you know, Blue Beetle's grandma. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I, I was telling the team if the movie flops, it's because, it's because I wasn't Black Manta. It's because what? It's because I wasn't Black Manta. So if it flops, that's why. That's why I wasn't Black Manta. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Jason Momoa, he's. They're, they just got to keep on putting pictures of him without a shirt on, and the movie will sell tickets, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, my goodness. I mean, all of the females who I know are just, like, all about that. So, <laughs> and, and even some of the guys, too. Like, even if they're not gay, they're like, man, respect. You know, yeah. that guy yeah. <laughs> That guy looks tough, you know. Yeah. Like, so. Exactly. If there's nothing from you, Andrew, is there anything else you want to ask before we we jump out of here? Okay. Joshua, thank you so much for being with us, man. We do appreciate the time. Oh, yeah. It's always fun to talk DC. Oh, yes. Always. Always. Thank you Mm -hmm. again. And everybody in podcast land, we'll get this this interview up ASAP. Uh, Just got to convert it over, get it up on the site, and we'll go from there. Real quick, Andrew, can you tell everybody where we can find the where they can find the podcast? Um, the the podcast is on Anchor, um, Spotify, Breaker, and I forget the others. But we are going to be getting on to Google Podcast real soon. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Okay. This Facebook group is going to go global. All right, gentlemen, have a good time tonight <laughs> watching the shows. Joshua, thank you once again. We hope to have you on uh, sometime, maybe later on this year, before the year is out. Woohoo! Yeah, that would be fun. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Take, take it easy. easy.